it now. So. Cool. Hey guys, it's Catherine. And it's Russell. My, my formal name, sorry. <laughs> and it's, who is it? <laughs> who am I meeting today? Russell. Oh, hello, Russell. So, <laughs> sorry, when I when I wear a bonnet, I'm a lot more professional and I, I only use my Christian name. So that's how we're going to roll today. <laughs> oh, let me see your teeth. Shit. Yeah. Shit. So Russ got himself uh, a trip to the dentist. And he and he got his front tooth cleaned very nicely. <laughs> mm -hmm. I no longer look, look like a twenty-year-old meth head. Nice, <laughs> nice. Like um, I, I I have heard some women like like guys with like with like you know who like like look like they have a minor drug a drug issue. You know you don't want to have like sparkling celebrity teeth, but I guess you're going to have to go for nice girls now, Russell. Mm. You know with that Hollywood smile. <laughs> Was it painful? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. Process isn't done yet, but... Mm. Well, you have very good teeth. Um, so I'm impressed. <laughs> this is maybe stuff we should talk about between us because everyone's like, we want to see the teeth. We want to see. We want to see the bonnet. We want to see the teeth. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, we're, we're having this, you know, little chat, chatty chat, but it's only audio. So sorry. Sorry, listeners. Uh, this is Critical Whimsy. And how are you doing? Yeah, doing well. Doing well. In a busy week with the dentists and the new puppy and slowly house training her. How is Aria? Uh, she's good. Bicey little thing. <laughs> Sharky. Mm -hmm. That was biting my Yeah, I know he's doing well with it. They're playing together quite nicely now. That's so sweet. And Aussie? Um... Chilled. Very chilled with them. He's such a good cat, eh? Hmm. Uh, I Lazy have, cat. I have a neighbor. He is such an easy cat. I think he'd be more interested if it was another cat. But uh, he's okay with dogs. It's very endearing. I have a new neighbor who's moved in. And she's got a little dog. And this dog is a bit neurotic, as little dogs normally are. And this poor thing barks the whole day. And I'm trying to make friends with her, but she's very like, my boyfriend and I, you know, and she also works a lot. So I can't go down there and give him a beano. And yeah, I'm trying to respect boundaries, which brings us to our topic, which Russell wanted to do this week. And has some interesting things to say on the topic. I think we and both it's an do. excellent topic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. All right, Russ, take it away. Dun -dun -dun. Cool. So, yeah, boundaries. Uh, something that's with, come up with the with friend friends. Yeah. Boundaries yeah, because friends. if we if we go into a general discussion we'll be here and i think we have discussed boundaries but we're specifically doing it with, with friends today mm. yeah we've got a mutual friend who's 
pushing it a little bit too it's much. more Russell's friend than mine. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we're each day trying to push without directly asking, but um, inching and trying to convince me to invest in her business uh, or taking her ex-boyfriend or loan her money or give her a phone. And it's... When you said taking her ex-boyfriend, does she mean taking him for a walk around the garden? What no, no, she like wants him to just come stay with me. <laughs> just like that, eh? Yeah. Just like that. Uh, she doesn't take yeah, no so, for an answer. So what do you do... So boundaries are the first thing you learn about when you go into any form of therapy, mm. any form of treatment, uh, whether you go into a support group, whether you go into a, a therapy, uh, whether you go like into a Facebook group, for goodness sake. The first thing we all learn, we all have this vague idea what are boundaries. So the first thing to do with boundaries is to address your own boundaries so one of the first ways we deal with it is kind of uh, the first kind of step i always say is like look at how you handle phone decorum so if you don't have boundaries then you say okay so the example is someone says to you don't message me anymore i don't like you i don't want to date you anymore and then the person continues to send you messages and then everyone would say that's boundaries. The other kind of boundary is, you know, do I, once I've asked someone for something, do I then pester them? So, and, and it's a really frustrating one. Mm. And so I always think, so, so my one uh, last week, I thought I was, uh, as I mentioned on the pod, I thought I was going to get this very intense job and I was stressing about when to pod and when to do therapy and when to live and everything, but it fell through and I'm quite relieved, I guess. And uh, one of the things I immediately worried about was my cat fiver because you know he's young and he needs to get sterilized in a month or so but because i would be working i was like i messaged the lady who's in charge of the foster her, uh, the, the foster that he came from and said to her hey listen can i send him in tomorrow or monday to get uh, sterilized i know he's really young but i'm gonna be away and i don't want to do it really during you know a full eight-hour, nine-hour workday where he has to then sit in a vet the whole day because he'll be sad. And she didn't reply. And for me, having boundaries is not uh, with phones, especially people you know you're kind of friends with on the phone, is not to kind of then is to wait for the reply. Mm. And if they don't reply, you don't message them again. So she hasn't messaged me again. Maybe she's forgotten. That's fine. And now the job's fallen through, so I'm not too stressed. But to respect her boundaries and to respect her time, I don't then follow through with a million messages then 
attacking her and saying, don't you care about cats getting sterilized? Don't you, you know, I don't. Yeah, I'm trying to the guilt worst. her. I don't write, yeah, I don't write a story that alienates her from me, makes her think I'm hostile. Instead, what I can do is wait a month or two, see where my, because he is too young. He's only four months anyway. So, you know, she probably didn't think it was an emergency either. And she's she's the one who knows cats better than me. And, and if someone knows cats better than me, then fuck, they know. And so I'm not going to push this person away and alienate her and, you know, possibly lose my um, stary discount. I'm going to kind of take a step back. And, you know... I had a situation on Sunday where the past two weeks, my therapist and I, we, we didn't start therapy until this week. And, um, you know, she'd been kind of, I kept on saying, okay, cool. Listen, something's come up. So I need to, when we start in February, I need to do it this time. Then we need to do it this time. And then on Sunday I'd messaged her and I said, listen, we can go back to, you know, normal mid morning. Hmm. And she didn't reply. And I got really upset because I was just, you know, I started to write a story and I was like, you know what? You give me discounted therapy. I don't think you really care. And what am I doing? I should be with a therapist who really loves me. So I kind of messaged her on Sunday evening and I said, listen, why don't you do you not want to do therapy? I mean, I didn't say it like this, but I was ugly, like, like ugly in a respectful way, like a kind of a, should we break up just to kind of sum up the theme as opposed to say that I'm rude. And she was like, what's going on with you? And I was like, well, I messaged you on. And then I gave her a full like history on a WhatsApp history. Anyway, she, the next day she messaged me and said, yeah, I can. I've confirmed you can come in tomorrow. So I went to see her and I said, how was your holiday? And I was kind of thinking, I was still thinking, you know, I don't think she really cares or whatever. There was some other stuff attached to this, which Russ knows, which is why I've been a little bit uh, about her. And she said, yeah, my mom passed away two weeks ago. So I haven't been that great. And, you know, that's, that's what happens when you start to – invade people you don't know and even your friends you don't know what they're going through so I start with the phone example because even though you know a a therapist is is a really good example because in a way they're your friend and and you're their friend and everything but it's professional and if you start to presume your therapist doesn't isn't a good therapist or doesn't isn't a good timekeeper you get into a situation where you're a little bit shitty and then you find out their mom died and yeah. then you have to say sorry. You have to actually be like, shit, I'm, you know, a yeah. terrible person. And that's what happens when you don't have boundaries. Hmm. But I mean, with a therapist, you should be able to expect a response from them. Yeah. Sure. And I had, <clears throat> and that's, and that is true. And, you know, it was in a way it was great because she was acknowledging, yes, I didn't get back to you, but I had good reason. And that was enough, you know, but in, and, and in all fairness to me, it takes a very long time with me to get to a point with a friend on the phone. But I think like I'm talking about phones a lot because so much from COVID 
our interactions with our friendships have been on the phone. Yeah. No matter how well you think you know someone, a phone, even like what we're doing, which is face-to-face, you can't actually presume you know what's happening in the relationship. And if you start to make up stories or have create secret resentments, the whole relationship can blow up really badly. And you can end up losing someone you didn't need to lose. Yeah. Yeah, it can happen. So how so what are your experiences with boundaries and stuff with friends and you know, people you're close to, but let's avoid relationships. Uh, you know, partners when I say relationships. Because that's a whole complicated mess. Yeah, most definitely. Um though the same rules do apply <laughs> saying that. Well, one of the things for me is um, the friends that just sort of invite themselves over. It's a, uh, what's you up to? Oh, no, I'm just um, relaxing. Home. Okay, cool. I'm coming around. I was like, no, uh, me doing nothing is me doing nothing. It's alone time, me time. Uh, it is I'm doing something. <laughs> introvert. I kind of need that, yeah. And for me, that's one of the things that gets me. You have a friend who does that quite a lot, hey? Yeah. Yeah, I would lose my mind. What do you do? How do you create a boundary with someone? So in in both our cases, I think it's neighbors who kind of force themselves on you because they know that's the problem with people who know your timetable. So you've trusted someone enough to bring them into your timetable so they know when you're available and then they try to take your time time is for some people known as a love language so for a lot of people and i don't like love languages but let's use that for an argument for a second uh someone says okay cool i know your time is free so you should give it to me but your Mm. time is is a is a it's a it's got a value to it you know yeah it does and i mean when she does visit, the lamps have been very long, several hours, and it's just her talking constantly. That stuff that doesn't particularly interest me. Um, Skinner about the local neighborhood people and all, and it's impossible to actually control or change the topic with her. So, you know, so- that's something where I'm battling to actually set a boundary. So lonely people generally don't have good boundaries Hmm. and it comes out very desperate and very needy. And I speak from my own experience in the past where I've been alone and scared and maybe going through a terrible breakup where I've tried to like, and I did what your neighbor did and I tried to impose myself on a couple that was staying uh on the property and they you know wanted to go smoke weed in the bushes together and they were a gay couple and they wanted to look at boys and on facebook together and watch dirty dancing and stuff and it was kind of the same thing of but i'm at home and 
and you're at home. We're not really doing anything. Yeah. But, you know, and that I was going through a very bad time. I didn't really even know them and I didn't smoke weed. <laughs> but I was like, you know, we can make this work. And that's kind of so that, you know, we all have a jigsaw puzzle of our, our, our life. So, you know, we have the, um, what that, um, that comedian, that really clever comedian, Daniel or something. Do you know him? British guy, Daniel something or other. Uh, Sloss or something. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He does it. Yeah, he did a very famous thing like on jigsaws. And, you know, he said that when he was younger, his father said to him, you all start off, you all, we all have a jigsaw puzzle. That's what life is. And, you know, one corner you have work, one corner you have hobbies and interests, one corner you have friendships and work, friendships. And then the fourth corner is family. Hmm. And he, and he said, and like that, those are the four, because you start on the, you start on the um, outside with a puzzle. You're a puzzler. I'm not. So I'm going to mess this up terribly. And you build a puzzle from the outside inwards. And he said, what are you building to? And he said, you're building to a partner, but someone threw away the box. So we've all got these puzzles. And I was thinking about his kind of partner analogy. And I was when you told me the topic this week, and I was thinking about it in reference to friendship. Mm. And I was thinking, you know, what happens in life is especially, you know, with uh, the COVID and everything is that we are building these puzzles. And all of a sudden, we are in situations where our neighbors or the people, like if you lived with your family during COVID, are the people that you would never normally hang out with. We try to force these puzzle pieces together. And sometimes it's cool, but the thing is everyone has an individual puzzle. <laughs> They've got their own puzzle. We, we don't, we're not doing one puzzle together. So uh, this is why relationships fail because we've both got our little puzzles and we've been working on these puzzles ourselves, you know, for 20, 30 40 years alone or with other people. And this is the same thing with friendships and boundaries is that a puzzle piece doesn't work, but because it's the same kind of color, you know, it's the same area. And by color, I mean like green, the, you know, uh, grass, <laughs> not a racial thing. <laughs> I, I, I've got one puzzle and it's a, like a meadow. <laughs> so it's stuck in my head. <laughs> So people, anyone gets too excited, um, you know, and you kind of, uh, you try to do this puzzle with someone and you don't actually have anything in common. And I mean, that's, it, it, it was interesting because within the, in the, in the example I gave of that couple. So what happened was they broke up and then all of a sudden the, the guy who got left behind was like, Hey, we should hang out. Actually, let's try puzzle together. <laughs> and, you know, and for two or three months, it was great, but we didn't have anything in common other than we'd both been dumped and we were trying to puzzle together. And yeah, it didn't work out because we both had our own puzzles <laughs> to work on. And that's what happens with relationships where you try to go, uh, it's near location and, 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 you know, you use the wrong things to make, make it work. And then what you're doing is you are giving up boundaries because so much of boundaries is integrity. 
and knowing who you like and the values you have with the person. But loneliness allows you to kind of or makes you choose to give up your integrity and your boundaries and you have none then anyone will do uh what do you think russell yeah i know that makes sense and sacrifice you from yourself in order just to keep things going it's a desperation move not necessarily a good thing Sorry, um, yeah, doing very well. Yeah, I took a smoke as well. Michiano, loneliness can drive us, as you said, to. Give up the boundaries. It's you feel you need something, you need the company, so you will actually sacrifice parts of yourself in order to get that. But that kind of feeds on itself. It's a vicious cycle. Uh, more boundaries you give up, the worse you're doing as a person. Uh, the more you look for that external validation and input, and it just keeps feeding along like that. I think. And also, I mean, one of the arguments, you know, in both those situations that you've mentioned mm -hmm. and in my situation also, is that we can argue that we're not five years old. We're all people that are in our 30s or older and maybe a little bit younger, whatever. And we all have lived this life. Hmm. And we are all in 2022 and we know that you need to have a phone. You need to have interests. If your interest is doing nothing. And I think most of us are very fond of that interest, that hobby, you know, that's fantastic. And, and, and for me, if someone says to me, you know, please, can I come live with you or my boyfriend can come live with you? Yeah. You know, he's in his 40s and <laughs> he's got no job. He's got no, uh, he doesn't seem to, that's the one thing they're not looking for this week. They're looking for so many handouts, but they're not looking for jobs. If yeah. they worked as hard as they did finding jobs as they did trying to get money out of you or shit out of me, they would be billionaires already. They wouldn't need us, actually. Mm. I wonder if they would like us. That's the problem with people like that. But, it's actually asking someone to lower themselves and allow to kind of be an enabler because you're not family. No. And I mean, you know, back to Ayn Rand, who I love, you know, her whole thing was individuality. And if we were all individual, I mean, it was pretty cold of books, you know, Atlas Shrugged. Fountainhead, but you know the kind of individuality, the that path, as opposed to altruism, we would be better off and more interesting people. Uh, the kind of people also who are needy, uh, it's it's never attractive, you know. Yeah. Needy people, you know. 
Because that's another thing with people without boundaries is that they're needy. Being needy, we're all needy now and then. Like, I know there's been lots of times when I've kind of messaged you and been like emotionally unfulfilled in one aspect of my life and been like a needy friend and been like, hey, I need to speak to you because I know I'm emotionally safe. Uh, yeah. And that's okay. Yeah, because we've got quite day. an established relationship. And, you know, that's yeah. what friends are for, helping each other out and being there for each other. But like this guy, I've met him once. You know, so this guy that I barely know now living in my house for who knows how long, and I'd have to buy all of the food and I'd have to pay for everything for him. You know, yeah, man. Well, he sits, sits on your couch and snips his farts. Are you serious? Uh, and just talks about this girl <laughs> yeah. the whole day. It was very interesting because her whole angle on that was, you need this. This will be good for you. Mm. That was really... So if that's genuine, then she's delusional. And if it's just manipulation, then it's a bit evil. You know what I mean? Either way, it's not a good look. No. Because her justification isn't even of a practical nature. Again, there's no boundaries. Can he stay with you for a weekend? He's got a hundred bucks. He'll buy a pizza. You know, uh, he's got fresh linen. linen. Tell, tell him what he needs to bring. It's just for this weekend. He's going to go look at housing. Could you help him with a lift to look at this housing? I know it's a mission. He'll pay you back when he gets the job. There's no, there's no boundary in the request. It's just take, take, take. Yeah. And I think that's what makes me so angry and you so frustrated in this situation. Hmm. Yeah, well, do you want to elaborate on your side of it with them? Yeah, so, I mean, I've met the lady in question once. And, I mean, one of the things that I immediately noticed with her, because she has my phone number, was that there were no boundaries. And it was, and the thing with needy people without boundaries is that they don't actually care about you. You are an extra. You are a pawn in their life. So there's no real interest in me. Yeah, she's she never asked how you're doing or anything like that. Mm. she knows I like hiking because I told her 10 times because I'd gone on a hike and I was excited that day and I was trying to irritate you deliberately by bringing it up. And she latched onto that and was just, this is a person in their 30s who has one attribute. Mm. Oh, and they have a spare phone because <laughs> I mentioned that. And since then... I have been used as either a sounding board regarding you and making sure that I know how much she likes you because again, and I think that's manipulation so that I, cause I know because we've even fallen into that where I've gone to you. I really don't like the way she speaks about things. No, but she really likes you. So definitely being manipulated um, because you don't need to tell someone that. It's like uh, telling someone you're kind. 
<laughs> you know, you don't, somebody else has to say it for you. You can't yeah. say it for yourself. And um, then uh, it kind of proceeded, you know, kind of very um, kind of either a million messages or nothing. And then, and, and very, and, and, and kind of not, you know, I, I'm the kind of person that's willing to have a conversation, but there's no, there's no joined narrative. There's no kind of um, a jigsawing puzzling together. It's a, it's just rapid fire voice notes and kind of picking up on what I say and what she chooses to pick up on. And uh, then what happened was the voice note thing, the speaker broke yesterday. So she went into a panic and started demanding this phone and saying she would uh, pay me for it, but it would be an installment. And then at about, I don't know, because I read the messages at five o'clock this morning. Uh, it was late at night, though, kind of all these messages I got from her about four or five kind of saying, cool, I'll send a courier to pick up the phone. Uh, give me your address. Uh, this is great. And I was just left very uneasy. I know that in the past she has, when her boyfriend has left her, she has chosen to follow him to another city without his permission, without his agreement. She has searched through the streets. Hello, coffee. Sorry, it's the new cat. Very cute cat, actually. Hello, coffee. Hello. Hi, coffee. Sorry. Uh, I, I, I actually am very uneasy with someone like that having my address. It's something that you and I have spoken about because we wanted to do maybe a bri or something. And I know that if she doesn't respect his boundaries and she loves him, why would she respect mine? Yeah. And she doesn't have boundaries with other people. So she doesn't have safe people in her life. And she doesn't, you know, the way people talk about the people that are closest to them are is a reflection of who they are and where they are. So, you know, if someone talks about they live with their mother and their mother feeds them and they're in their late 30s and they don't have, and they say, oh, she's terrible. And she actually like she said, and she actually did say at one point that, the equivalent of the abuse I'd experienced in childhood in no way could be as bad as it was living with her mother, who she still chooses to, which I know she doesn't think she has a choice, but she does. The other thing was last week she was demanding I adopt her dogs because she said she couldn't keep dogs because her ex wasn't around anymore and automatically that means she couldn't have these dogs it seemed like a punishment to the dogs and to him I don't know but she said she couldn't handle having dogs it was either her cats or her dogs had to go yeah. and I just decided this is just I, I will only promote um, people uh, rehoming uh, when it's through you know I, I, even going to one of the fosters I would only go for someone who really it was it was a situation that uh, really affected me and kind of even people immigrating and stuff, I would be no, 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 no. You know, I'd be pretty cold with because you only have so many tries with foster people, you know? Yeah. And it's a tough situation. As someone who adopts, it's 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 not easy. 
And uh, anyway, so so last week it was kind of you have to do this for me, and and this and now the current thing is the phone. And my I'm, I'm getting I get angry. You know, I don't get kind of resentful and quiet. I get angry, and I feel like that's the kind of thing she does is that she kind of pushes people to the point where they either get furious and then there's a huge blow up or just simmering resentment and then ghosting because those are the only two places this relationship can go to now you know that i believe for 2022 i'm either going to win or i'm going to draw yeah. uh, and that goes for relationships and everything so a relationship is a win if so one is basically so all relationships are and I remember the first time I heard a therapist say this to me I was quite I was quite shocked by the wording and I know that when people hear it they get very shocked but then they realize what it means and it's a good thing she said people serve you and I was just that's a terrible word and I was she was just no you they serve you and you serve them Uh, there's no kind of in a weird way you have to create a relationship and say, I want this person in my life before any altruism or kindness or good stuff. You know, people say that you'll see someone being super horrible, super stingy with a group of people, but then with the people they really love, like their partner or their family, they will be very kind and very generous. And that's because those are the people that serve them and that they serve. And with this lady, there's no serving. She does not serve me. It does no, not no serve reciprocity me. at all. Yeah. And it's not even, you know, sometimes it's, it's not, it's not an, a necessarily it's a, okay, cool. So I don't have money, but I'll lend you a book. That's really interesting. And I'll have a meal at your house. So, you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes, I mean, I mean, very, very sterile on this, but you, you supplied the petrol to my house and I provided the meal. There is a, you know, and you, yeah. you drove. Uh, there's a, there's an equal sharing. Uh, sometimes, like in the case of when I broke my elbow last year, Russ had to, really really helped me with that side of stuff and that was fine because that was not me taking advantage and that was an uh, that was a space where he could be I can help and I also and Catherine will then definitely make a point of arranging a nice meal like she'll then prioritize that because she's grateful and there's a there's a language going on between us we don't need to speak about. Yeah. No one feels used. And with her, it's just, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I mean, the night when well, the day that I was there, it was it was a lot of fun. But I mean, I I do notice these things, and Russell did, and I mean, I was definitely part of it. Was like demanding food from him. He's the host, you know, we will like show it up to Giles. We want, but then it's not kind of also he, he's nice. Russell's nice. So, you know, in a, in a good situation, he would kind of say, I'm serving this, but he was being very nice and gracious and said, you can choose. And then we chose, and it was quite a decadent thing. And I would be interested to know 
if she kind of said thank you for that because it was a nice meal that she could maybe not just afford to get. And, you know, you got to have fried ice cream, which is a crazy pudding, you know, things like that. I'm very aware of them. I am very sensitive, though. Yeah, I don't think there was any gratitude expressed. And that really irritates me. You know, I think my relationship with the girl who lived here last. Yeah. It one of the things that worked really well in our relationship was us being very safe in because we weren't the kind of people who were just we were cautious. We were we, we didn't really trust. So, you know, someone one of us would supply the booze, one of us would do the meal. And, and that was something we did. And we were, felt very safe in that relationship. Mm. And I liked that. And um, I don't know. I feel like with her that she looks at everyone like a, a potential sugar daddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it certainly seems to be the case. Yeah, and if you're like just by being around her, I mean, she. The other thing is that is she she didn't show up for the first evening supper, which is why I was there for the next day lunch because she actually ended up getting there after me. Who had lost my? This sounds a little dodgy, but license plate for my car and had to go back and get it. It's a long story, guys. Just listen to the podcast episode where my car got bumped by a woman without a child who was wearing a seatbelt. Then you'll know. It's somewhere around geeks versus nerds. And um, she, uh, she, she kind of arrived really late. That's another thing is the demanding and then arriving late. What is up with that? That drives me insane. Mm. Yeah, because, you know, things happen, but that's quite common with her being late. And that's just a lack of respect for everyone involved. So I see people who are late as being unmanageable, like they're not a manager. They don't know how to manage time and they don't know how to manage their life. So when I'm late for something, it means that either something came up or I'm tired tiredness and tiredness is unmanageability to me I'm being unmanageable so I'm now taking time at doing things and I'm making myself late and I'm making somebody else wait drives me crazy Mm. um and I don't think she sees it like that people who are late so my grandmother has a really interesting story so my I was brought up by people who were always late for everything and my dad and my mom used to be used to go to her for Sunday lunch every week. And every week my grandmother would make a roast and then sit there and wait for two hours. And eventually my dad and my mother would arrive. And she would be so angry, but she's she's English, so she's passive aggressive as fuck. And she wouldn't say anything. And then one week she actually waited until they got there. And they got a big fright and they were like, where's our meal? And she was just, oh, no, I'm starting it now. And from then on, she only started cooking when they arrived because they'd lost her trust with time. And it's a funny thing how a relationship can be affected by that. 
Yeah. And that's family. Yo. We're not even talking about someone you've hung out with once, twice last year, maybe, and once this year so far. We're talking about family. And that's the other thing. I mean, I'm sorry. We're just talking about this one person. We're not even like um, going on to other things, but it's just so absolutely shocking like to ask you for money is just insane there's no genuine connection and give and take it's just this boom boom being seen you once hang out had fun ate your food missed the meal you tried to prepare the night before i remember that yeah uh now you you really i'm so desperate And I'm just kind of, I, I'm very ready to wash my hands off, you know? And I, I, I actually kind of think that um, it's not even, she's not even the kind of person who's worth like a few honest words because then I'm giving energy to someone that I am not, you know, the moment you give energy to someone, you've got to really care about them. That's also a boundary. Don't get angry with people who you're not friends with, who you don't love yeah. because then you're wasting energy and energy is you've only got a hundred units a day, you know? So if I, and I mean, I feel like I've even given up like a good 35% on a podcast episode to her and that's mad. You know, I've still got to go to work. I've still got to make food. I've still got to chase the stray cat away, Dodger. I, I've got, I've got stuff to do. And that's the impact of having a friend without boundaries, you know? Mm. And you've got it much worse than I do, actually. And I'm angry as hell. I don't know that it's that much worse for me than it is for you. And I've known her for years, at least. Bet you once... That was a couple of days ago. Not even a week, I don't think. Yeah. And instantly it just started bugging you, expecting handouts from you. And I do kind of like the phrase, help people who help themselves. <laughs> you mm. know, there's a long line of people that I believe will help themselves. She doesn't seem to, I've had the, cause I, I do, I test people and um, that sounds a little bit manipulative, but when people say, you know, they don't have money, I go, cool. Um, you know, what work would you do? Yeah. And if they've already decided they're too good for work, then they're too good for my handout mm. because I have done the shittiest jobs of all time. You know what I mean? I have <laughs> dressed up as a clown and <laughs> washed people's windscreens <laughs> at petrol stations. And I have waitressed for 14 hour shifts and I now get to be in a place in my life where I can choose the work I do, but it's all very hard earned. I mean, the day that you asked me how it was work and I said, oh, it wasn't so great. My charming student had chosen to throw my shoes into a bucket of mop water. 
So I had to grow, drive home without shoes on and I had to wash my shoes. And I was furious and had <laughs> used a lot of energy shouting at her about that. So, you know, I, I, I have to go through, I've got to work every day. So when someone's going, well, I'm sitting at home staring at my phone, not liking it, wanting you to give me a nice phone. I get a little annoyed mm. when I'm working my ass off. Yeah, the analogy that sort of comes to my mind is giving someone's car a push start and then it's the engine kicks in and it can drive itself versus just pushing it all the way to the destination. And it seems to be the latter with her. Yeah, I mean, and, and also it's not even the things that I would think she as a mother would prioritize. Like she has a kid. So there's no priority around this kid. It's all around this guy who she also, and again, it comes down to how people speak about people and she seems to hate him. So she says she, you know, if it was just, you know, this is my soulmate. This is the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. I'm so worried about them. It would be different. She's even mentioned how she dislikes her work and she dislikes the business she started that you want to work you, she wants you to give money to. So there's no respect or love for the things she wants to fix. And I mean, she she even listened to what people say to you. And she mentioned how she 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 smashes her phone. You know, she's she's irresponsible with the things she owns. I take care of my things. Uh, my cats don't. So sometimes that's a boundary we have to work on. Uh, but I have, you know, I really take care of my precious things and things like my phone. So I, I would be devastated if I cracked my phone and then I would be really work really hard to take care of it. But she smashed it. Then she smashed it again. Then she smashed it again. Yeah. It, it was almost like she was wanting to break it that the only way she knows how to get a new phone is to make sure that the one she has is beyond repair is something very destructive and symbolic in how she treated that phone, in my opinion. Hmm. <sighs> cool. I think we can call it that. <laughs> yeah. So guys, I think, mean, we're going to have to uh, stop this episode and discuss friendship and boundaries and how to have them because we've just now done an episode bitching about someone. So yeah. that's okay. It's our podcast. We can do what we want. Uh, we'll, we'll have to uh, name it something. <laughs> well, one or two nuggets in there. Uh, we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll call it how how good it is just to talk shit about other people and how that helps you sometimes something like that uh, <laughs> because this was definitely not hard to have boundaries this was about us. Uh, You've muted yourself. You're on mute. Hey, so Russell, where can people find us? Cool. We're on Facebook. Just search for Critical Whimsy. Or you can email us, criticalwhimsy at gmail.com. However you choose, please get hold of us. Give us your thoughts, questions, ideas for topics, anything. 
will take it all. Maybe some tips on how to have good friendships. <laughs> but yeah. until we meet again, <laughs> I'm Karen. Try and think critically. <laughs> well, I'm Russell. Be whimsical.